Welcome to Best Served, a podcast recognizing unsung hospitality heroes. Join Chef Jensen Cummings as he chops it up with industry leaders about the humans who've impacted their lives and careers. From childhood guides, to ass-kicking mentors, to the team members in the trenches that make it all happen. Help us celebrate these rock stars by sharing our show and nominating your own unsung hospitality heroes. Connect with us on social media at Best Served Podcast. Now here is your host. What's up, everybody? Jensen Cummings here. Thank you, as always, for tuning in. Today is Best Served Podcast 379. We're going to be talking with Simon Tran of Botellon Spanish Tapas in Denver, Colorado. We're talking about reopening a restaurant, restaurant real estate lessons, challenges of being a chef owner. And uh, this is going to be an exciting episode because already got some absolute nuggets from Simon when we talked uh, the article that's dropping, Six Questions with Simon Tran. It'll be in the comments and the, the link will be there. Make sure you check it out, especially for anybody looking to start their own restaurant. Uh, definitely learned a couple things and reinforced a couple things that I think are very important. Thinking about leases, thinking about your location, thinking about the motivation that it takes. So make sure and check out that uh, article for sure. All right, let's bring Salmon, excuse me, Simon in here now. Simon Tran, what's going on, man? Good to see you. Good seeing you too, man. How are you doing? You know, I, I called you. I called you salmon, like chef to chef. I, I drop. I drop culinary words all the time, like it's my job. Well, uh, Simon, tell us, Botellon, what is it all about? So Botellon is essentially all about the gathering of friends and family to come in and drink and have a good time and share food and flavors and just, you know, just spend time with each other. We like we we glaze over that. I think it's so interesting. Like that is what a restaurant is meant to be, right? Mm-hmm. You know, but so many restaurants, it just, it's just maybe too much about the food, too much about the drink, and we forget about the gathering of people. So I like really appreciate that you're putting at, that at the forefront. And something that's like iconic, like a botellon, like a gathering in a place like Spain to kind of bring that vibe and that energy to Denver, I think is something unique. So I really appreciate that. So I'm excited about that. Reopening a restaurant. All right, you you all were operating for for years and had to get out of a bad lease, right? Like so many people do, and then you had to reopen, and you're in the process of that. Mm-hmm. Break it down for us a little bit, kind of what's it been like having to pick yourself back up and get into reopening? Break it down for us a little. I'm not gonna lie, man, it's been kind of a roller coaster of a shit show. You know, like uh, heard like from from the time that we shut down all the way up until the point that we sign a new lease. Like we've toured at like tens, tens of restaurants, you know, like at least like 15 spots, I, I think. And we, we negotiated, we've dropped offers everywhere. And then at the end of the day, we just didn't get the response back that we wanted to from these landlords. So it was, that was disappointing on its own, you know, like just getting that, like, Hey, like, no, we're going to go with a different concept here. Like that in its own, it's kind of heartbreaking after putting in so many hours. And you do that 10, 15 times over, and then you're like, holy shit, dude, like, do I just keep going or do I call it? And then you get that one phone call one day, and they're like, hey, these guys really like you. And all of a sudden, it's all smiles again. And it's, like there, you're, it's like you're on a dating app or something. Like, nobody was swiping left or whatever. Yeah, it's like... Pretty much, man. It feels <laughs> like that sometimes. It's like some, some kind of fucking popularity contest that you're not winning because, like, 
people haven't heard of you you don't have the big name this or that spanish tapas they're not like interested in they want a sushi concept like there's so many hurdles to jump and to find the the foundation of that relationship which i think is interesting and i'm interested why did you keep Boteon going? You could have easily said, well, maybe that concept, it, it didn't work for one reason or another. We're going to start something new. But you knew that Boteon was was impactful, meaningful, and the concept that you want to stick with. Why did you stick with that concept? Because it can be easy to let go of it. You're like, it failed. I guess we are we have to start over again. Yeah. So what really drove me to keep the concept going alive was just remembering how many people came up to me and they're like, hey, I can feel the love that you're putting into this food as a chef. Or I can taste Spain when I come here and eat. I can feel the energy of what I felt when I was in Barcelona here. And those are the things that really drives me. You know, like at the end of the day, it's not about us. It's not about our egos. It's about the guests themselves. So if you're not if you're not making the guests feel welcome, it's kind of like a lost cause start. Can you say that again? Who Who is it about in a restaurant? It's, it's about the guests. I, I want to make sure everybody hears that because... I forgot it. So many of us forgot it. We get we get way too focused and tunnel visioned on what goes on the plate. You're only as good as your next plate up. Leave your shit at the door. We forget okay. in all of that. So much vanity and so much ego. And it's about the guest. And we are like the conduit for bringing something that makes them feel like home or something that makes them feel like they're on a venture or like they're in Barcelona yeah. again or for the and first that's, time. That's what really drives me. That's what really drove me to keep this concept. You know, like I could have easily just ditch the concept and go open up like a Asian skewer shop or something like that. But it might be an, an idea for later, but I, yeah. I just have to death, man. Like you guys I, just start I, opening I, your I, second I, restaurant. There may be something there. Oh, that's really, really great to hear. It's about it's about the guests, and we forget that sometimes. So thinking about that guest journey, I think, is going to be important. All right, the real estate side. You kind of alluded to it a little bit. You ran into the challenge of the space with, you know, I joke about the three L's are not location, location, location. It's landlord lease location. Uh -huh. You ran into that. Then you go back into the broker process and you're prospecting real estate and it's a struggle. It's a grind. You're trying to look at all these locations and look at the the lease and the triple nets and the, the yep. demographics number. And it's just it's nothing we've ever been taught before. And you're supposed to no. trust everybody else in this process to guide you in the right direction. Break that down for us a little bit, a little bit deeper for anybody who's about to get into that process for themselves. What do they need to pay attention to? The best advice I can give you on that is to get yourself a good lawyer that's going to nitpick it all for you. So I'm telling you, like the little responsibilities as something as simple as HVAC or plumbing issues. And who's supposed to take care of that? Do you take care of it above the slab of the unit? Do you take care of it outside of the unit? Do you take care of the entire system altogether? And it's like those little details about the lease that really makes or breaks it. You know, this can translate to tens of thousands of dollars at the end of the day. Like HVAC goes down, needs to be replaced. Who's now technically responsible? And you kind of need to have a lawyer put aside to like really help guide you through those little details. Yes. That's the best advice I can give you. As soon as you like start negotiating a lease, have a lawyer on hand to help you. Yeah. And, and. You learn these three letters, LOI, letter of intent. That's going to be the foundation mm -hmm. that turns into your lease. You need to have a lawyer even at that point. Wouldn't you agree? Like even before it becomes a full-fledged lease because that's when the terms really get negotiated initially, uh, I think is, pr is pretty important. Let's give a shout out. Who, who represented you? I mean, if they represent more <laughs> restaurants in Denver, let's get uh, this uh, shout, shout out to SRS Real Estate. 
uh, Patrick and Andy did a great job for us, man. They like they they held it down really quick for us. They helped us build our whole marketing package to sell to the landlords. They helped us out with the little details of the lease as well. They referred us to everybody that we needed to know in order to make this happen. So shout yeah. out to them, man. Thank you. Yes, good. Let's let's give them some love. It's absolutely crucial. And we don't want to talk to lawyers. They're expensive. They use a bunch of legalese words that we don't fucking understand. Yet you have to have to build that relationship early on. And so I think just like we know a great rep on a vendor side can make or break the difference between your food costs. It's the same thing, except now we're talking tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, half a million dollars on the line. And we're trying to only have a lawyer work on something for two hours because we don't want to pay $400 an hour. Pay the fucking money. Yeah, it's definitely it's, worth it, man. It will save your ass at the end of the day. Trust me. It's big time investment. And they're going to look even deeper. It's even more important now, I think, because, you know, there's there's clauses like force majeure, which is like the act of God clause that now people are making sure that they're building in government mandated shutdowns and things like that, because a lot of restaurants who didn't have that built into their leases because nobody ever anticipated that mm-hmm. they were paying rent still, you know, and yeah. they're liable for that. It also rent. comes on to your, your relationship with your landlord also. Cause I, I know a lot of landlords out there that were like, I don't care what's going on. I want my rent paid. And then there's a lot of landlords out there that are very like reciprocating and helpful in the sense that like, we didn't see this coming either. Like I feel so bad for you guys as well. Like let's work this out together. Yes, the relationship. Those are the rare ones, man. Those are the rare ones. Yeah, you saw it because the relationship so many people have with the landlord is like it's like a silent investor that you don't deal with them until there's an issue, really. Mm-hmm. And because the biggest issue we've dealt with in the history of the restaurant industry presented itself over the last couple of years, very quickly the relationships were exposed for better or worse. And so yeah. now the relationship with the landlord. Uh, is is crucial it's one of the most important relationships that you'll have so i appreciate well i appreciate the pain you had to go through to recognize how important <laughs> it was and that you're sharing that with us because it means a you lot learn it somehow man and that goes right into the challenges of being chef owner it's hard enough being the chef and we all struggle with what it means day to day or as a whole to be chef now you add the owner into it and there's all these layers of things that historically we're just not that good at as, yep. as chefs, we don't want to deal with spreadsheets and budgets and P&Ls and yeah. cash flow and balance yep. sheets and labor yep. and taxes. And oh, man. So, so what are some of the top challenges? What's some of maybe the things you've done to overcome them that, again, can kind of help those up and comers? I would uh, I would really say no. Uh, be very self-aware of how much you can handle, because um, if you if you take on too much, you will spread yourself too thin and that's when you start really getting some deep shit like don't get lost We're chefs we can handle anything we are yeah. gluttons for yeah. punishment how do you do that oh man dude. a lot, lot of red bull oh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but self-awareness it, uh, i think is key you have to reflect and be honest with yourself self-awareness is really difficult for us because we try to put on the cape every time we get on the line. Yeah, so we're we're the leaders of the ship, man. You're like, we're the, we're the captains. You know, there's no room for weakness. Like, no one's mm. allowed to see it, blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the day, like, I have to be also aware that, like, I can't do everything on my own. And I have to know when to start sourcing out those tasks to other people. Yes. Delegating in a very different way. It's not it's not a prep list. It's something very, very different. And now we've talked about kind of surrounding yourself with good people. Maybe take that a little bit further. Are there other relationships? Are there other, you know, 
types of, of, of vendors or types of services or anything else that you've kind of added into your repertoire um, that you think is like very crucial that you maybe didn't know or most people don't utilize? Networking. Networking is a big thing. You got to go out. You got to meet the other owners on the blog. You got to meet the bar managers. You have to know the servers that are around the neighborhood, the bartenders, the servers, the other chefs around. You have to build these relationships with everybody around you because at the end of the day, like your shit goes down. You have to look to your neighbor for help a little bit sometimes. And if you don't know your neighbor, you're not going to ask them for help. And like they can't help you otherwise. So that's like my my big thing is networking, networking, networking. Like you are as big as your network. And I think it's very important to maintain that. Simon, you're dropping you're dropping nuggets on us, man. This is really, really good because it's another thing that we perpetuate in restaurants, right? We get stuck in our four walls. Yeah. Like the world out. doesn't exist outside of the restaurant. I, yeah. I think that's really, really important. Oh, this is really great. All right. Any uh any last thoughts? Give us give us a little timeline, actually, right? We're we're a couple months from opening, so let everybody know mm-hmm. when uh when they can expect Bontillon 2.0. Uh, where's the location? Give us a little of that and let's we'll link up to everything, people. So as soon as uh, I want to see all of you there on opening day, tag us in your pictures when you're at uh, Boteo and give us a little breakdown. All right. So we are officially located in the old ballpark neighborhood in downtown Lodo. Uh, we're at 2124 Larimer Street across the street from Mexico City. We share an adjacent building with Aloy Modern Thai. Uh, we are expected to be open at the end of August or early September. We're really just waiting on our liquor license right now. So whenever that comes through, we're going to have everything ready for you guys. Yeah, and better have a good rep on the liquor license side because that's a pain in the ass. How many restaurants have we opened where soft opening start at 5 o'clock and at 3.30 somebody's running down to pick up the liquor license? So. Yeah, <laughs> make sure you have a liquor license. That's that's our one main thing right now. Absolutely. Uh, Simon, really, really great talking to you. Thanks for like expressing all this about leadership. Appreciate you sharing your voice. It's going to be so important. We need more leaders, more visionaries to kind of take us into the next evolution of this industry. We've been stuck for a while. And uh, yeah, it's, appreciate it's what you're talking about. All right, Sam. Thank you, Jensen. Thank you, Sam. Be good. Hey, thank you. Take care. Cheers. All right, everyone. That is it for this episode. Best of Podcast 379. Simon Tran of Botellon Spanish Tapas. Again, this is what it's all about. We need leaders to start to really talk about things outside of the kitchen, outside of the things that we know inside and out when it comes to running the kitchens. We have to run businesses in their entirety, and it's going to take stretching our preconceived notions, our understanding of what it means to be a part of a restaurant because that's evolving and changing. So appreciate Simon for pointing some of those things out. That is it. You all have a great rest of your day. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the Best Served Podcast. Subscribe to our show and connect with us on social media at Best Served Podcast. Tune in next week to discover more unsung hospitality heroes.